This is episode 309, Breaking Patterns with Brie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to all my new listeners. As a reminder, every Wednesday, I put up a numbered episode like this is 309, where I air an unscripted, unproduced, unedited coaching call with someone who I've never met. And every Saturday, I put up something called Coach's Corner, where I either speak to you or I interview an expert. And if you missed last week's episode with Richard Schwartz, Dr. Richard Schwartz, you're going to want to go back and check that out. We talk about internal family systems and parts work, and he also takes me through a process. So it was a vulnerable episode for me, but I don't mind being vulnerable with you guys. I feel like you're my family. So even though I don't know most of you, I really do feel like you're my family. So it's easy, easy to be vulnerable want to alert you that on August 18th, I have a virtual group coaching call coming up. It's only $20 and we're going to be focusing on inner child. You know, so many of the episodes, so many of the coaching calls, things come back to childhood. And so many of you have great relationships with your inner child. Some of you are like, what is my inner child? And some of you are wanting to have a deeper relationship with your inner child. Wherever you are on that spectrum, please join me August 18th at 5 p.m. Pacific for this $20 virtual group coaching call. I will be teaching and then I will be taking questions from all of you who are joining me live. And if you can't make it live, don't worry about it because there's always a recording. So no big deal at all. If you can't make it live to join me, just go to christinehauser.com slash group. So I have a great call for you today with Bree, who has some patterns coming up when it comes to dating, but this show really isn't about dating. It's about patterns and patterns that we can change and patterns that we just need to accept are part of us. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you notice that sometimes when you're in an unfamiliar situation, you do things like ask certain questions or go to places in your head to try to get some kind of control? Did you grow up feeling very safe? And did you grow up in a house that felt very stable to you? If you are female and you orientate to being a heterosexual female, when it comes to dating, do you feel like you can really slip into your feminine energy? Or if you're in a job that's more masculine or requires you to be more in that masculine energy, is it often difficult for you to make that transition? And finally, are you trying to change things about yourself that are just plain old part of your wiring and maybe you should stop trying to change them and you should just accept that that's the way you are. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Brie. Brie, welcome to the show. What's your question? Thanks for having me. I guess my question for today is finding effective ways or effective tools to minimize my mind going ahead of me when I'm connecting with potential romantic interests. Mm. Mind going ahead of you in terms of like planning the wedding type of thing or? Not not that, although it's fun to fantasize. <laughs> um, more so uh, maybe projecting going, oh, this person has similarities to this other person. So they're going to be X, Y, and Z versus 
going, no, let's not read the book before the cover, mm-hmm. or whatever that saying is. Yes. Yes. I, I understand what you're saying. So what's the longest relationship you've had? Um, good question. That was a few years ago and probably about, I think four years. Okay. So you've had a significant relationship. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of relationship are you looking for? Looking for a long-term one now. I'm in my thirties mm-hmm. and enjoyed my twenties of having a mix of long-term, short-term and in-between terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm kind of at that point where it's more ready to settle down, ready to find a long-term or lifelong partner. Okay. And what, that's awesome that it's, you want long-term, but tell me like what you want the relationship to feel like, what, what kind of relationship do you want? Describe it to me. Good question. One that's stable, healthy, um, one where both partners, I'm heterosexual. So my husband or boyfriend or male partner, mm-hmm. um, would be interested in, in development as well. Like I'm very big into personal development and basic psychology. It's just kind of part of my jobs and what I've done for education as well. And just being a personal interest since I was a teenager. So someone who can either respect that and or is working on that kind of stuff as well. Um, I work in and I'm involved in the ranching industry. So someone who is actively involved or actively open to the ranching industry as well. Mm. Not interested in, you know, dating someone who lives in the city or being with someone who doesn't appreciate a more rural lifestyle, a more Mm. entrepreneurial lifestyle, um, because that's kind of what I what I do. I love that. I love that. That's super cool. (laughs) I love that. Got to get kind of a cowboy who's awake and conscious, right? (laughs) Yes. And they are out there. I know they're out there. Yeah. Well, you just need one. That's what I tell people that are looking for a long-term, you know, more monogamous relationship is you just need one. You just need one. And when you think about, oh my gosh, how am I going to find this person? When you think of, oh, like it's only one, it's, it's so much easier to find one thing than it is many things. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. I want to go back to the first word you said when I asked you what kind of relationship you want. Do you remember the first word you said? No, that's a really great question. My brain is not on fire mm-hmm. today. That's okay. That's okay. Stable, which tells me that it tells me a couple things and it confirms sort of what I was feeling into when you told me about the thoughts that you have in your head when you first start dating. So there's a part of you, it's not all of you, it's a part of you that takes great comfort in control and safety, security, stability. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. 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 So tell me why stability and I'm going to use the word control or, or knowing or certainty, if you like those words better, tell me why that's so important to you. My life prior to my 30s was quite volatile um, between childhood stuff as well as young adult stuff. Um, I was not really a transient person, but I did live in different towns and communities and do different jobs. Um, But I've never had like the same place for like decades or generations like a lot of my peers would have as well, especially when I think about people in my particular industry, my community in in the agricultural or branching industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was childhood like? What was your home life like? It was uh, emotionally unavailable parents. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to be polite and political here and just give it high level. Um, There was abandonment issues um, due to unforeseen circumstances with Mm -hmm. other family members. um, Just to sum it up, I had baby boomer parents. Yeah. Would it be fair to say there were times when 
maybe you felt like the rug was pulled out from under you or times when things didn't feel super stable and certain in your life as a child? 1000%. Okay. That's all I need to know. So (laughs) one thing that I talk about frequently is there's some things that are appropriate to change and heal about ourselves. And there are some things to just accept about ourselves. We all have an operating system. A lot of that gets programmed by our childhood and our life and our beliefs and everything that happens in the environment and even society. And then there's just how we're wired and our personality, our soul journey, all of that kind of stuff. And I have learned to become discerning between what's a pattern and and what's something that I, I really want to shift about myself and what's just kind of me that I need mm-hmm. to accept and learn how to respond to and learn how to deal with. So there's a part of you based on your wounding and your childhood and everything like that, that there's a little girl who's so looking for the home she never had, for Mm -hmm. the stability, for the consistency, for the emotional availability. And you listen to the show, you know this, you know that as adults, we look for romantic partners that can provide us the home life that we didn't have as a child. Funny thing is we end up picking romantic partners that are actually more like our parents <laughs> because we're attracted to that's what's familiar. And the inner child goes, oh, you look like dad. Maybe you'll finally give me what I never got from my actual dad. But as we grow and evolve, we start to pick a little better because we're like, ooh, wait, I can see this for what it is. This isn't actually going to give me what I want. And we start to attract different kinds of people. And I'm sure you can look at relationships in your past where you're like, yeah, I was playing out some parental issues there. Have you had those kind of relationships? Totally. And I can think of just my 20s and the different guys I dated or were in long-term relationships with 100%. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, okay, being there, done that, learned the lessons. Let's apply the lessons learned so that I can actually be in the relationship I've fantasized about or dreamed about as, you know, since the dawn of understanding a relationship as a, you know, teenager or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some of the things that you really want from a relationship that you didn't get as a child or didn't get enough of as a child? I can say that safety and stability and, Mm -hmm. and lack of, or I felt very judged. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess more open-mindedness and and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Freedom to be you. Yes. Yeah. So let me tie a couple of things I said together. For sure. That part of you that's that's like, oh, does this guy more like this guy, or how is this going to go? Or the the evaluate. We'll call it the evaluator part. Is that a fair label? Yeah, I like that label. It's a good one. The evaluator part. So that's a protective part that's protecting the little girl who's so longing for stability. Because in the beginning of dating, there is so much uncertainty. You don't, you don't really know the person. You don't know where it's going to go. There's a lot of excitement, but there is a lot of uncertainty. And that uncertainty is triggering for you. Even though your rational brain can go, this is just a guy I'm going on a date with. Of course there's uncertainty. The little girl is like, oh no, we don't have control again. Things could go anyway. What can I do to try to get some control? And part of how the mind And the psyche in that protective part that wants certainty tries to get control is through evaluation, through analysis, Mm -hmm. through like trying to see into the future. It's like doing predictive statistics or something like that to like evaluate risk factor. Sorry. And the funny part is that's not my job 
is evaluation <laughs> and being able to discern stuff. Like that is what I've been doing for the last decade in right. one of my jobs right. is making sure I can evaluate things effectively and, and produce a, a product like a crop or a, an animal for agricultural consumption. Yeah, no, I get that. So it it's a skill when you use it in certain funnels, right? But it yes. can be something that really moves you out of your feminine and out of your heart in dating. And yeah. when it comes to dating, especially as a heterosexual woman, you are going to get far more accurate information from your body and from your heart and from your intuition than you will from that more masculine evaluator part of you. Mm -hmm. So let me just pause that. I'm going to come back to it, but I want to tie something else I said together. So I said that there, we have to discern like what's just our operating system and what's sort of a pattern. I think for you, it's a little bit of both. There's that little girl who has that protective part of, let me just evaluate. Let me look at the risk factor. Let me just calculate kind of what's going on here to try to give yourself a sense of security but then there's, I think there's also a part of just your, who you are and your personality that likes to deduct things and that is good at that and is gifted in being able to see how things are going to work out and evaluate them. Would you agree with that? That that kind of comes easily to you or naturally to you? Yeah, totally. Like I've been, I've been judging things and analyzing things since I was a kid in 4-H. So yeah. yep, this is yeah. decades of training. Yeah. So see how it's a little bit of both? Like we can see how some of your wounding and childhood is playing into this and it being a protective pattern, but we can also see how it's sort of a part of your personality that's been overdeveloped. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why it's sort of a twofold approach for you, in my opinion, and you can tell me if this is resonating. It's the helping the little girl feel safe and helping that evaluator part in dating, take a step back and bring other parts forward that are actually going to help you more in dating. And then really celebrating that evaluator part of you and giving it the right kind of funnels and, and places to really express itself. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. So can you think of another part of you that would be really good to bring forward in dating, especially at the beginning? Probably my curious side, my mm. more inquisitive side which sometimes goes in hand in hand with the, the evaluator side, but just the fact that I can have that playful, fun, curious, like joyful, like childish kind of like inquiry. Um, and it's just, yeah, like I, the, the no cares is less like the best way to describe it or just free flowing. I love that. I love the word curious. If you could name that curious part of you, that curious, inquisitive, and kind of like that feminine curious, like curious with mm -hmm. a little bit of flirt, yeah. what would you name that part? That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. I'm not sure I have a name for it right off the top of my head. Just think about it for a moment. You can always change it, but just something I want to be able to call it something. You could just call it the curious part. I guess, yeah, want. maybe that would be the best part. I, was yeah. like, I don't even, I can't even come with a good, good acronym. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> we just call it the CP, the curious part. The CP. There we go. Yeah. CP, that works. Yeah. So how I want you to work with this is you go on a date, you start mm -hmm. to have that evaluator part come forward. I want you to have some kind of anchor, some kind of physical anchor you can do that's 
not really visible to the person you're on a date with. So it could be like your hand over your lower belly, second chakra, um, or it could be just like holding your hands together. Anything that's just a subtle physical anchor that is talking directly to the evaluator part and is saying something like, thank you, evaluator part. I know you're here to protect me. I'm safe. This actually isn't the time to be curious, uh, to be certain right now. Like the curious part is really going to be more helpful. And I'm going to call that part forward. And so obviously when you're on a date, that's really hard to like recite inside yourself. So my recommendation for you is to write this out, like write out to the evaluator part, you know, that you really appreciate it. You know, it's protected you for many, many years. It gives you certainty. Thank you so much. You see it, you understand it. It's so useful in so many other aspects of your life. And in dating, like it's dating isn't a home life. You're now a 30 something year old woman. You're not a young girl. Um, you're safe. It's okay. And the evaluator can like go on a lunch break when you're on dates and you ask the evaluator to bring the curious part forward. And I sort of write all that out and then do the physical anchor as you're reading it. And then when you're out on a date, all you have to do is that physical anchor to remind your unconscious mind to like have the evaluator part step back and the curious part step forward. Does all that make sense? That makes total sense. And it's a great, like you mentioned, grounding opportunity and just kind of a a check place to be like, whoa, this other part of me needs to step in. The other part can go on a hike, can have lunch, can just tone it down. It did its job for however many years it needed to, but now it's time to to tag out or tap out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you bring that curious part forward because if, if we have one protective part step back and we don't have another one step forward, then another even fiercer protective part that could put more walls up can come in. So we want to make sure that that curious part comes forward and you can really be in that beautiful feminine energy. Because it sounds like from the relationship you're describing, you want to hold more that feminine pole in the relationship. Would that be accurate? Like you're really looking totally. for a man. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've, I am the champion of my masculine when it comes to work and jobs. I've owned numerous businesses. I've been top of my field throughout the last yeah, decade. I'm at early thirties. And so it's time to be more feminine and go with the flow and not so like regiment and structured. I, I love that. I love that. And just know that that masculine part is hyperdeveloped. And so just by default, it can come forward in dating and you might attract men that aren't as masculine as perhaps you want them to be, or men may not be drawn to you because they feel, they don't feel enough of that feminine pull because it's magnetic. When we think about attraction and dating, it's magnetic. So the more you can slip into these beautiful feminine parts that still keep us safe. Like to me, my intuition keeps me way safer than my analytical mind. Way safer. True. Like when you look at it from like an animal perspective, the intuition is key. It's huge. Now, am I going to trust my intuition if I'm in charge of a statistics project for like a major (laughs) company? Probably not. I'm probably going to use more of my intellectual mind. So there are definitely times where I call on my masculine energy because it's more appropriate. But I want you in your life, not just in dating, but in your life to really come up with things that drop you in your feminine energy so that you can have more of a comfort zone in it. And it's not just reserved for dating. 
Because mm-hmm. again, to be magnetic, we need to be in that energy in a more balanced way in our life. And so what are some things that really help you feel connected to your feminine energy and put you in that receptive um, flow? Yes, but also discerning just kind of more juicy, creative mode. Well, I am a professional photographer and when I have my camera in front of me, Mm. definitely a great way to get into the flow, the feminine, the artistic side. Um, I used to be a dance teacher and a competitive dancer throughout my life. So getting back in that, it's with COVID has has obviously stopped a lot of different activities I normally would do, which would probably would have been naturally enhanced my more feminine side because they're, you know, thanks to COVID shut down, but finding ways to do that kind of stuff. Same with like things like yoga, just things that are flowy and I don't like to label like traditional feminine, feminine or girly things, but I guess that kind of aspect, because I've taken a lot of that out of my life because of my job in the ranching world where mm-hmm. we're, we're naturally a bit more masculine probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so just finding ways to be more flirty feminine, but like mm-hmm. in a, in a grounded, um, owning myself kind of way and not in like that young childish, try to look for attention kind of mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think would be great, especially since you mentioned movement, just every morning, get up, put, find your, a, a song that you really love and just move your body, but move your body in a feminine way, hip circles, non-rhythmic, you know, dancing, just something that puts you in that energy at the start of the day. And I bet even in work, you can find opportunities to be in that feminine energy. I just want you to because you've been so oriented to stability and safety Mm -hmm. and evaluating the right partner that's going to be different from your childhood. And I want to lean you into becoming more magnetic and more curious because then you're going to draw someone in from more of that feminine energy than from your wounding. If you're tunnel visioned and focused on who's stable, who checks all the boxes, it may not be the best match for your mind, body, and spirit. You know, I've shared the story many times that my husband didn't check a few major boxes of mine that were like, I thought non-negotiables, but then all these other things he had that I didn't even know I needed. And those boxes that he didn't check have either resolved themselves or become completely irrelevant. And so much of why I was able to draw that in is because I really surrendered into the feminine and really am like, I want to attract in a partner through my energy and my heart and my body, not my analytical mind. That's mostly coming from fear. It's like I've created what I wanted by thinking about what I didn't want. Right. Yeah. Like like it's kind of an illusion there where you're like, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z. So you focus on X, Y, and Z. And then instead it doesn't present itself that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Has this been helpful? 1000%. 1000%. It's a great little reminder and a good check-in um, to find that femininity. Cause I know just like I've said before with jobs, work opportunities, whatnot, I've had to be a bit more masculine. And even in the last year had to probably step into my masculinity a bit more too. Um, having just purchased a house for the first time in my mm. life as a single female and learning all the ins and outs there. And it's being great learning. And I'm really proud of myself, but I'm I'm done with figuring out how to patch rubes. Someone else can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some, some burly manly man can patch my rubes for me. There so I you can be go. Feminine. I love that. Even if it means hiring one. I yes. love that. That's so good. That's so good. And I even feel the shift in you just in this call. So it's already happening. Yeah. 
And you'll practice that anchor. Yeah. You'll write out that letter to the protective part and thank it, appreciate it, acknowledge it. You're not firing it. You're just saying, yeah, go on a hike and that's going to bring this curious part forward. And then when you notice you're in that in the date, just do the little anchor. That'll be a signal to your body. And, you know, might take, it could shift immediately. It might take a little bit, but I think just this conversation and the awareness and having that little tool will really help, um, you know, shift this for you. So you can really be in that receptive, more flowy, surrendered, intuitive place and, and really make decisions about the men you're dating from that place, which is a way better place to make the decisions from. 1000%. Yeah. No, this has been great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much to Brie for bringing forward such an important question and for your honesty and vulnerability. This was such a great question because we were really able to look at two aspects of what was going on. And we all have a little bit of this, and this is an important thing to really know and understand, I think, in personal development. And I did an episode of Coach's Corner a few weeks ago on the ways that personal development may be messing you up or not helping you. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you go back. And one of the ways that it doesn't help us is to assert or often lead to the belief that anything that we don't like about ourselves or anything we see as limiting, we should be able to change. And I disagree with that. I think that there are some things that are just our wiring, that are just our personality. And it's more about learning to live with them, learning to respond to them differently, learning to leverage them, learning to find the gifts in them than it is, is, than it is about getting rid of them. So here we have Brie who in dating situations, when she's on a new date, she starts future forecasting in her head and, and trying to basically try to get certainty because a new dating situation triggers uncertainty for her that ties back to her childhood. So that's the childhood wound part, right? That's the healing opportunity part is there's little Brie in there who feels scared, who feels like there's not stability and is looking for an adult to assure her, to give her certainty. And so by asking all those questions, she's trying to be that adult. She's trying to give herself certainty. And so the healing opportunity is to work with her younger self, her little girl, And even before dates, tell the little girl, you know, you don't have to go on this date. You can go play or you can be in your room or you can do whatever you want. The adult, me, will do the dating. And anytime she feels that uncertainty to just really reassure herself and calm her nervous system down and tell herself she's fine. Now, the other side of this is that Brie may just be a little more wired towards really liking to have a plan and liking to evaluate things. And that really serves her, especially in her profession. So again, if you, if you go back and listen to the parts episode I did with Dr. Richard Schwartz, there's a part of her, that evaluator part that is really good in certain situations, but in dating, not so much because what that evaluator part does is it throws her more into that masculine energy. So she can love and accept that part and learn how to leverage it, but at the same time, do the healing work so that the part that that part is protecting, the scared little girl who wants certainty that the evaluator part is protecting, can back down, back up, kind of leave the room so that other parts that make her feel safe come forward, like her intuition, like her gut feeling, 
that's going to keep her more in her feminine energy to really listen to her heart, to listen to her intuition and allow that part, that super feminine intuitive part to be the protector of that little girl who may be scared in uncertain situations like dating. So the main takeaway for you from this episode is really looking at, okay, let me look at the patterns in my life. Let me look at the parts that are coming up. Instead of making them wrong or bad, let me look at, okay, what's the healing opportunity? Where's the inner child or a part of me getting scared? How do I deal with that? And then what's just a part of me that's actually just who I am, how I'm wired that isn't bad. It's just kind of cast into the wrong situation, right? Again, that evaluator part is a really awesome part of her, just not so great in dating situations. So my coaching to her and my coaching to you is let's not try to get rid of things. Let's not try to change things. Let's really understand all parts of ourself, learn what parts need to step back, what parts need to come forward. And remember, anytime we're in a pattern, well, I don't want to say anytime, but most of the time we're in patterns, especially protective patterns, it's because there's a scared inner child there. So that's the healing opportunity when we can really work with that part. And again, if you're like, well, inner child, what? Come join me August 18th for the virtual group coaching on inner child healing, getting to know, discovering, and working with your inner child. It's only 20 bucks. If you can't make it live, that's totally okay. You get the recording and the meditation and all the yumminess from the call. Just go to christinehaster.com slash group. And if you do join me live, then you'll have an opportunity to raise your hand and get live coaching from me. Again, christinehaster.com slash group. Hope to see many of you there. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.